on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. If you're with somebody, if you're alone, still a happy time to be talking LA Galaxy soccer. We're going to get you through this tournament that came up. A uh, little Coachella Valley Invitational. We know it is Coachella, and hopefully they will eventually change the name officially. Uh, but I was there over the weekend, so we're going to give you a little bit of information about that. Tell you why it's a good thing to sort of start brewing and what that could mean in the future. LA Galaxy stand defeated in the preseason. Talk about some of the points from the New York Red Bulls uh, when the LA Galaxy got there. Um, and then just sort of what this roster is missing and how this is going now. Just 13 days uh, before the LA Galaxy kick off against New York City FC at Disney Health Sports Park. So, the 2022 season is rapidly approaching to help me. He's back. He's been on a, actually, he's been on a string of shows, and we really need to stop that. But it's Kevin, the Panda Baxter. How's it going, Kev? Hey, yeah, you kind of gave away the lead there when you started out saying you uh, you went to Coachella. Because I was going to say, you were at a football game yesterday that, that an LA team won. Did you have good seats? I did. I had I had the best seats. I was field level. You know, I was VIP. In fact, I, I don't even know. I have my credential around here somewhere. It, it, instead of <laughs> instead of it saying press on it, all of the credentials basically just said VIP on it. And I was like, ooh, I'm fancy. How was the halftime show? Uh, it was great. I got to sit and talk to Mike Gray and Scott French. So um, actually, the, the really good part about that, Robert Mora, who is uh, obviously the LA Galaxy's uh, photographer, and I think he started about the same time I did in terms of covering the... Uh, the, the LA Galaxy, he was there and he came over and said hi to us at halftime. It was the most normal sort of soccer experience that I've been around in a very long time in terms of, um, you know, restrictions and, and health and safety. Everybody was supposed to wear a mask, but if you were away from people, you didn't need to. And so I was by myself most of the time and there wasn't anybody within 25, 30 feet of me. Um, I understand that. So, so I was able to take the mask off. And then um, I did something that I'm pretty sure wasn't allowed at all, which was uh, I live streamed or, or basically uh, live play by played on Twitter spaces the, the game um, that was going on because nobody was streaming it. And I figured if anybody wanted to sort of follow along with what I was seeing and how it was going and it ended up being, I think, maybe a little more play by play than I thought it was. But I made it through 90 minutes plus a halftime of, uh, of talking and uh, I was exhausted afterwards. It was, it was in, the, in the heat, um, but it was, it was nice. It was cool. Was it Gio Dos Santos blocked or did it go right through? <laughs> no, yeah, mine was not. It was worldwide. Um, oh, I think wow. I think in total we had about 450 people who dropped dropped in at one point or another. Probably a steady 100, 125 somewhere in there. Um, the LA Galaxy actually were listening at one point, and I was like, "Oh, this is when they're going to come over and, and say no more, no more streaming stuff." But uh, I have to imagine the the small total number of people that I had there probably didn't upset anybody. But were you were you more like Joe Tutino, or you maybe Arlo White, maybe? <sighs> You know, I will tell you, um, I don't know if I have a play-by-play style. Usually whenever I was doing like the FIFA games and the, you know, the, the eSports stuff, I'm a little more high energy sitting in my, in my office here. Whenever I was out in public sort of talking to myself, I was, I was much more sort of smooth and, and I, I think more monotone. And it wasn't the fact that that's, that's my style. It was just sort of the circumstances of it. I also at one point had uh, AEG president uh, Dan Beckerman walking by me and around me. And I was like, oh, well, that's not, that's not a good thing. So <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Let's get him on the pod. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. That's a great, I'm sure. I'm sure I should have gone over. I, I waved at Jovan Karofsky as well. Do you know what he did? 
He did not he wave back. Your, <laughs> he your finger. No, I don't think he even saw me. But I gave him, I gave him a a, a, a little "How are you doing?" Um, and just right, right by. I think he was on the phone. I think he was. He was either pulling oh, a Pete no, Vianus. That, that's a Pete Vianus trick. <laughs> oh gosh. You know. Alex Rodriguez, when he played for the Yankees, used to put earbuds in before he came into the room, pretend like he was listening to music when he came in the locker room. And uh, one time we figured out it, the cord wasn't attached to anything. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't listening to anything. That that's awesome. Yeah, that was back in the day when that actually uh, when that actually yeah, actually mattered. Now I have a, you know I had something in my ear the whole time. It was great. But uh, Scott French was out there covering for Soccer America, uh, and then Mike Gray was uh, out there as well for uh, the El Trafico stuff that he does. Uh, Mike and Scott had both been out there on Thursday, so they had a little more lay of the land. I'll, I'll tell you about my. Uh, I, I want to talk about this and why this is a good thing. And by the way, for all my Sun Devils who we're over here, um, uh, Forkham Devils, go Devils, because um, I'm wearing my ASU For- shirt. Forkham Devils, yeah, because we have a trident, right? The ASU trident, and you fork, you fork people with it. That's what you do. You take the trident, and you, it's, it's oh, very violent. On, don't, don't fork with me. See, I, I knew that that's exactly where it was going. I can do that. I can do this. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows on the podcast what that is. I would just like to remind you again: two thirds of the people listen. One third of the people watch. So if you're playing to one particular audience, perhaps you should play for the two thirds instead of. But maybe I'm trying to entice them to get the extra bonus footage if they watch. I I swear it's like impossible. It's like showing you a picture of yourself on the phone. Like whenever Jake, my two year old, talks to me on FaceTime, he's more enamored with looking at himself on the phone than he is at like talking to me. That's you whenever we have the video on. You're like, oh, look, when I move, my head moves. (laughs) So, yes. Well, there's a choice between looking at me or you. What am I going to pick? I understand. I understand. I understand completely. Um, but anyway, so so I drove out there. The you know um, on a Sunday morning, easy drive, less than two hours. Uh, I was under the impression, having never been to Coachella or Stagecoach or really out, I, I've driven through there on my way basically to Arizona and back about a zillion times, but I've never stopped in India or in and around that area. And that once you're past Palm Springs, stopped in Palm Springs many times, just have never stopped in that India area. I was of the impression, Kevin, that this was like out in the middle of nowhere, that it was far away from civilization and that, that you know, there's nothing that I'll tell you right now, there's an in and out eight minutes from the field. I, I hit it on my way home. So there, civilization is there. There's there's plenty of places to eat, all that stuff. There's hotels and apartment complexes that sort of line the Starbucks? street. Starbucks? I'm sure there's a Starbucks there. 100% guaranteed. That's how you know you're in, you're in civilization. That's right? civilization. Yeah, that's my definition. Um, so I, I went and, and sort of drove uh, a little bit and, and got there and got there a little bit early. Um, and I got a text from LA Galaxy PR. Uh, Kevin was was in charge out there um, for me. for this game. Yeah, not you. Uh, the, the non the non panda Kevin. The, the other Kevin who works for the LA Galaxy. And he te- he texted me and he's like, "Hey, let me know when you get here." He goes, "We're just leaving the hotel. We should be there in about ten minutes." And I'm like, "Well, I'm about four minutes out. I'll meet you there." He's like, "No problems. I'll give you your credential." I'm like, "Great." So I had printed out my parking pass because they said print out your parking pass. So I had my parking pass out there, and I go and I pull into where they're and they just start. Start pointing me in a direction, Kevin. I'm like, cool. Okay, where am I supposed to go next? Because basically it said, get here, and then they'll tell you where to park, right? I'm like, cool. So there's people directing, and they're like, oh, here, let me open these big giant gates. So they opened the big giant gates from me, and then they pointed me through, and I'm like, oh, and then the buses were right behind me. So the LA Galaxy buses were right behind me. I think the New York Red Bulls buses may have already had just gotten there not too long before me. And so I'm going, so I go down this like narrow little path that's Big enough for maybe a bus, but, you know, the bus pulls off to the side so you can sort of get around them. So I'm, I'm going around. And at about that point where I, I looked around, I looked and said, I'm not supposed to be here. This is not this is they they have let me go too far. I am now in the like the game area, the players area, all this stuff. Um, there were people who were parking like gorgeous Corvettes on the sides. You know, these are these are the big wigs here that, that are getting to park back past this gate. And so I go and there was a there was a lady who was walking next to me and I looked at her and I'm like, I showed her my parking pass. I'm like, am I good here? She's like, yeah, just pull in and park. And I'm like, OK, sounds good. And I texted the galaxy and I was sort of like, I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to be where I'm supposed to be, but I don't think anybody's really going to care. And then they were like, yeah, it's fine. You know, no big deal. So anyway, so the players come in uniform, by the way. Uh, yeah. I mean, in training gear. Yeah, they did. Um, for the so most part, so they went. They didn't shower. They went back in the bus that way. Yeah, they they went back on the bus. The their their schedule for the day, and whenever I got there and was sort of standing around for a little bit, um, their schedule for the day was to uh, go to this game, um, and then they were going to get back on a bus and go back to the hotel. They were going to shower and then get on a bus and and go home. And they were going to watch the Super Bowl basically on the bus on the way home, um, because I have to imagine that's a 
two and a half hour bus ride, probably, because buses don't go as fast as cars. We, we all know that. Um, so that was going to be their day and they were all excited about it. You, I, it was sort of, sort of, um, doing that, but yeah, that's how it came. Now they had like an outdoor gym that was set up there, Kevin. So they had like a whole bunch of exercise bikes that was under a covered tent, um, area and the grounds are absolutely gorgeous. You could fit seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. As I drove down the road, there were more and more fields on either side of me, uh, with plenty of area. They're, they're polo fields, right? For, for playing the, not, not the water polo, but the, but the horse polo. Um, and, and that's what they're there for. But apparently golden voice, which is an AEG subsidiary is owns all of this. And then AEG bought golden voice. And, and now they're all under the same umbrella. So I was told that apparently AEG has, thousands and thousands of acres in and around this area so this is this again where where coachella is where stagecoach is um and so there absolutely is space to do a whole bunch of things in this particular case the new york red bulls were already there the la galaxy were sort of arriving and getting ready to go there but i was just standing around and sort of talking and having a good time it was like i said it was the most normal i think i have event i've been to since the pandemic where i was standing there and then all of a sudden the players started showing up people started walking by me so all of a sudden it was i got to see players face to face who we haven't seen face to face yet like jonathan bond who played all of last year have never met him in person got to meet him in person um which is which is something that we i think we take for granted as reporters we certainly don't anymore but it was just funny because he comes over and he goes is this the first time we're meeting face to face? I'm like, yep, it is. And he's, he was like, awesome. So we sat there and talked for a little bit and just talking to him, Kevin, he was blown away. He was like, this is amazing. Like talking to you. Yeah, he was. He, he, he said, you, I looked a lot taller than I, than I did on zoom, <laughs> by the way, Jonathan bond and most soccer players at five eleven and three quarters. I consider myself to be of average height, maybe a little bit above average. Uh, whenever I was standing around those guys, I would like to be reminded. I would like everybody to, re- to be reminded. I was very, very short. I don't think I have a professional athlete body that I was ever going to be able to compete with those guys because there are some big boys out there that look like I would be scared to death. Wait, of. Yes. Whether or not you had a professional athlete body that was in doubt to you until right now. I, you know, you th- at almost six foot. It's not like I would be the shortest person on any professional team, maybe maybe in basketball. But, but like, what about those 12 pack abs? Yeah, <laughs> well, the, those are another thing. You know, I, I imagine you know, doesn't doesn't everybody have that uh, that 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 fantasy that where you're like, man, if I just could have dedicated some time to this, I could, I could have been a professional athlete. I mean, it was really just, I was like this close. If I would have just applied myself a little bit more. Coach coach would have put me in the second half. We would have won state. (laughs) No doubt about it. Yep. So, um, so anyway, so, uh, got to talk to Jonathan Bond and I was sort of like, well, what do you think of all this? And he goes, this is amazing. He goes, the weather's amazing. And I'm like, well, you coming from England, like, you know, that's sort of that's that's easy, right? As long as that's not drizzly and 60, you know, I think I think they nailed it. And it was about 81, 82, 83 out there um, with a real light breeze. So it was nice. It was it was bright and sunny and it was dry, as you'd expect. But uh, really nice, really nice facilities. Um, Some of the chat rooms are saying, oh, yeah, you know, they uh uh, you know, playing on the polo field. So there's lots of divots from the horses. Well, I, they've been taking care of these fields and ready for it. The p- field looked like it played really nice. And they train there right between games. They have they have training facilities available there so they can train in between it. Here's the thing. Here's here's where this is going. Um, and I was able to talk to some people and people were sort of giving me some hints about possibly what's to come. It's a good thing. I'll say right now that there were no fans. And I was talking to Mike Gray, who's in our chat room, too, but about this. But he agreed. There's a good thing there were no fans this time, only because people didn't really know what to do yet, right? Like they brought people out, but you sort of have to figure out what you have to do with that in order to to control crowds. And there were not a lot of people out there. Um, there were family members and I think some other invited VIPs that were allowed to do that. Maybe there were 20 people on the sideline um, where we were. Maybe it was 30 at one point as absolute max. Um, so kind of so, like a Chivas USA game. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or an Ontario Fury game. Um, uh, no, Ontario Furio draws that. Okay, good. Um, so, um, so yeah, so the, you know there wasn't a lot, but they just don't have it all polished yet. Like as Mike was saying, he goes, "There's no ball, boys." He goes, "If the ball gets kicked over anywhere, it's like it just rolls, and somebody goes and grabs it eventually." But you know, Scott French was pointing out, he goes, "There's like three balls back behind the New York goal right now. If you wanted one, just go grab one and take one home." You know that type of thing. So they're they're missing sort of the polish and where to direct people and. The facilities were per, were really not set up yet for for fans. So I think this was a good sort of idea to understand what it might take to put fans in the position um, and, and bring them in next year. But there's a lot 
that apparently is planned. I was told that at, uh, in, the, in the future years that they're going to have two stadium fields sort of set up. So if you picture, I always picture whenever you like do stadium, like volleyball almost where they do it on like the sand, right? Where you're able to put up these bleachers and create these little mini stadiums and stuff like that. It would be bigger, obviously, because it's a soccer field, but you could build a, a mini stadium and then there would be two of those. And you say, well, why would they need to have two stadiums? Um, two stadium fields, Kevin, especially with training fields that you could have all around. Like, what? why would you need to have it? There is an anticipation that there are going to be a lot of teams coming to this tournament in the future. Um, and I would say, if somebody asked me right now, I would say uh, somebody was sort of hinting at that perhaps it would be the majority of teams in Major League Soccer. Maybe the majority of the Western Conference shows up uh, into this and a majority of the Eastern conference, especially the teams where the weather isn't as nice. The weather is usually going to be good in the, in Palm desert and that Coachella, Coachella Valley at that time. In fact, it was probably a little warmer than they even expected it to, but it's usually like 75, well, 78. Well, I mean, look around, we know LAFC trains here, the galaxy train here, Seattle comes down every year under Schmetzer. And before that under Ziggy, Colorado comes, Toronto comes DC United used to go to Fort Lauderdale. They're coming now. So you already got, you know, an, uh, an awful lot of teams coming. One thing I'd be, the way you're describing it, it'd be interesting to ask a player. Um, you know, a lot of the players, especially the American players, I don't know what it's like in Europe for youth players, but they play in tournaments like this where they go to fields like this where they bus two hours after the game home. I wonder if a lot of the players looked at this without the ball boys. You know, we have to chase the ball when you kick it out of bounds and bring it back yourself, all that kind of stuff. Whether they liked that, whether that kind of reminded them of, hey, when I was a kid, this is what I really loved. This I just loved the game. It wasn't the fans. It wasn't the crowd. It wasn't the people chanting my name or booing me or whatever, or big stadiums. It was just getting out and playing some soccer. I, I wonder if any of the players paused to think about that a little bit. Chicharito talks a lot about when he started playing in, in Guadalajara, what it felt like as a boy. And he, he keeps talking about trying to recapture that feeling. I wonder if any of the players felt a little bit of that this weekend. I mean, they, they first of all, whenever I got there, Sasha Kleshen was out there and the New York Red Bulls were there. And obviously he spent time with New York, so he knew people. So he was out there talking to people. Um, there were some other Galaxy players that were mixing around and, and you know, just chit-chatting with some of the New York players beforehand, which is hysterical because the game itself was extremely chippy. There was lots of pushing. These This is like sort of what I call like spring training fever that they're getting to. It's like we need to start playing games that matter because otherwise we're going to keep kicking each other harder. That's that was sort of what it felt like in, in this place. But people were out there. They wanted to talk. It was such an inviting atmosphere. And I have to imagine that if you put stadiums out there and you do this now, it's not just stadiums. And if you get 14 teams or let's say you even get 20 teams out there to do this, imagine training fields as far as the eye can stretch. Imagine two and three stadiums and two and three games going on at a time. Imagine putting all that together where there are cameras and streaming and you're able to showcase what an event this is. And I was told, you know, think about combining music with this and food vendors and sort of like an atmosphere or carnival atmosphere that they have at Coachella and Stagecoach that really is something that draws people in. It's not just going to a concert. It's going to the fact that you're at a concert with all these people in a place where they have, you know, a Ferris wheel set up and good eats. By the way, somebody was making hot dogs while I was there. Like it was the grill that was just down around the corner. And the whole time I was doing like the play by play and talking about the galaxy, all I could think about was eating the hot dogs. Um, and I could never find exactly where it was, but it, it smelled know, delicious. Yes. I want to push back on that whole thing a little bit. I don't know how many coaches would want to be training in the preseason with 14 or 15 other teams around, because let's say you're a team with you, you don't know how, like the galaxy, how are we going to play in the midfield? We're going to use two eights. We're going to use a six. We're going to, who's going to play where, where's Effer going to play. Do you really want other coaches being able to look across the, the field from the next field and see what you're doing. I mean, here's the deal. You always say this and, and, and you're the one who always makes this argument is that everybody knows what everybody's doing and it doesn't matter whether you try to hide it or not. If somebody's injured, everybody knows they're injured. Um, and it's not really much of an advantage. Plus the LA galaxy have now played five games and they're going to end up playing seven preseason games. They're unbeaten by the way. They are. Um, so there's seven teams that have already seen how they're going to set up. Uh, I, I don't know that it matters. And I think bringing everybody together and one 
really promotes this idea of a destination for for especially like if you're in New York and it's cold, right? Wouldn't you like to fly down to Indio for for a week, right? And stay in you get to be in your swim shorts and jump in the pool and then watch, you know, the New York Red Bulls play two games in a week uh, for preseason. I mean, there's a lot of that that I think is going to want. And I'm hearing that the Tucson tournament that, that everyone knows the desert diamond cup, right? There's a good possibility that that probably just dries up and goes away. Um, whenever there, whenever this starts being put together. So the potential for this and this to grow is gigantic. And I, for one, am a huge fan of it because I think the intimacy of everything, I think the facilities itself are totally set up for this. Um, I, I don't, I don't have any issues. You bring in the infrastructure like you do with Stagecoach or with Coachella, which they already do all the time anyway. There's no reason that you can't have all that stuff: music festivals, soccer, soccer tournaments um, as a preseason. I mean, this is spring training, Kevin. This is this is the idea of bringing everybody to one spot and having like this spring training mecca that goes. And do baseball uh, teams worry about the other teams figuring out what they're going to do during spring training? They don't. They don't really. Well, we got to start pushing that Coachella. Someone's got to trademark that because uh, it, it's it's so obvious. Listen, listen it's going to happen. I, I will say this right now is that it should just be known as Coachella, and I think everybody should just adopt it as that. And then eventually it'll just be like whenever people argue about El Trafico and say, well, what is it really named? It's like, no, no, no. This has already been decided. There's really no argument anymore. And it, being your asking shows that you're trying to create an argument about this. It's Coachella. Everybody knows it is. And even the players can, are sort of calling it Coachella. And we were talking to Greg afterwards. I think I think Scott sort of said, what did you make of this, you know, Coachella? cello tournament you know the whole deal so everybody's using it um in in those terms so anyway i'm a huge huge fan of what this is going to be or what this could be i'm not saying they're going to execute it correctly right because god only knows we're talking about the galaxy well and we're talking about mls and everything else that's sort of going in this i'm just saying that aeg has the ability to do everything they want to do at this facility there are no limits on that and so whatever they want to do they can do it what what was the level of officiating? Were they MLS officials? Were they college? I, th- officials? I think you know? they were MLS officials. We had um, a woman woman referee in the center, two linesmen, both male. Um, the the players, neither team was happy with with her at all. Not even for like ten minutes. Not even for fifteen minutes. They were already on her. Sasha Kleshin probably got the best one, which was um, he he got called for a foul, and it was sort of a whatever foul. Uh, and it was, it was borderline and he got a yellow card for it. And he sort of gave her the little like, yeah, yeah, put the yellow card away. I'm not paying any attention to this. Like it was sort of, everybody was just sort of disregarding. And as I said, it got chippy, very chippy in this game. Um, so, you know, was it horrible? No. Um, was it, was it good? Greg Vanny was screaming at the official for, for some of this game as well. There was a, a tackle, I think in the second half near, near Kevin Cabral or, or Grant's here and somebody just got upended and it was nasty. And you could hear Greg yell, not so nice things from, from across like, like that's a red card. Only he used an expl- expletive in there to, to sort of say it. So, um, no, I bring that up because you're talking about the idea of this tournament where everybody goes. One of the benefits of spring training is you see some horrendous umpiring early in spring training because spring training for the umpires too. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you can get a real, you know, MLS tournament that, you know, they're playing MLS speed and everyone's together, you could bring a number of officials in. And I think that might be, uh, you know, a, and not that anyone's thinking about that, but it's an added benefit to get the officials up to speed. So when the season starts, they're ready to go too. Uh, I am uh, Nick in our chat room says they just need to stream the games next year. Yes. I think that'll be a no brainer, but they weren't just watch Josh or just, yeah, or just listen to me talk for 90 minutes. Like you already don't do that as, as well. So, um, on, on this podcast. So anyway, a big fan of what it is, the LA galaxy lined up and got an interesting, I'm, I'm starting to question some things here, Kevin, as we get into the lineups and sort of talk about what I saw on the field, no Julian Araujo again in the starting lineup. Um, this is the starting lineup. You had Bond, you had Leardam, you had Koulibaly and Depew, uh, Raheem Edwards, uh, Delgado, Ravellis, and Alvarez. So, you know, there's a couple maybe not perfect starters in here. And certainly you would expect that uh, Douglas Costa slots into this somewhere as well. Uh, you have uh, Victor Vasquez in there, uh, Kevin Cabral, and then Chicharito up top. So you have this setup. But every time we've seen right now, Kevin, every single time we've looked at this, we have noticed that Julian Araujo has not been in a starting lineup yet. And it, it it's interesting as well. I think you pointed it out, but we're not hearing Greg Vanny talk a lot about Julian Araujo either. 
Um, and listen, Jules does a great job in, in terms of what he does. And whenever he came onto the field, he immediately put an impact into this LA Galaxy team. Uh, they got a goal uh, whenever he came in as well. So there was there was all these things that he did really well. But it's just, again, I haven't seen him really play with that starting team outside of the 15 15 minutes he got from the start of the second half to about 60 60th minute whenever Greg started pulling some of the subs off. Well, and um, he started leer down. And he started leer down. He really likes, likes leer down. Lear down. That's what and, I was just going to say. And Edwards as well. Um, talks them up a lot. Uh, and I thought Raheem Edwards did well against New York um, in, in this game. So, you know, it's just it's something to watch, and maybe that all goes away on on you know Tuesday or excuse me on Wednesday whenever they play against Vancouver in a closed door scrimmage, and then they play at three o'clock on Saturday against DC United at Dignity Hill Sports Park, which everybody can get tickets to. Maybe we can see that finally um, him get into that starting lineup and start being in that starting lineup for longer periods of time. But right now, it feels like Vanny is almost purposely leaving him to that second team, and I don't know why. Um, but it's real interesting. Uh, it, it's not about play because Julian comes on and really makes an impact whenever he plays. So um, it's going to be one of those things, one of those storylines to sort of sort of watch. You think he's got? You think they're shopping? They can't shop him now. I mean, for the most part, transfer windows are closed around the world, yeah. so he's not going anywhere. But he's he's going to go somewhere eventually. Is it summertime and the Galaxy are really preparing for that? Well, you know, it. it I, I don't. We've not really talked to Vanny much other than on Zoom. We don't really have a, I don't really have a, a sense for him. But um, I think, you know, there was a couple of guys last year, right? Um, the one guy, the one forward, why can't I remember his name? That, um, that he didn't, no, no, the one he didn't, he didn't bring back. Oh, okay. Um, um, there was a, Zubac? Do you remember the play? At the, no, the play at the beginning of the year, he, he, Vanny uh, said he wasn't happy with the way he was playing. He thought he was oh, out of shape. Augie Williams. Augie Williams. Augie Williams got in his doghouse and never got out. And I don't think Sebastian Legette ever gotten in, in Vanny's doghouse, but it, it's like Vanny just didn't really know what to do with him. And it just, you know, it it was better for both sides that 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 Sebastian moved on. I wonder if the, the Araujo thing is just so curious because he's clearly one of the best players, if not the best player on the team, and he's valuable tool and i know he wants maybe leardown needs to get some some minutes to get used to the system i don't know what it is he loves leardown there's no question about that he loves edwards he had him in toronto he loves him um but, but joey Araujo is the best player on the team and if he's not playing you know what how do you justify that yeah i i don't know i it's uh it's one of those things that i keep watching but anyway he did play in the second half and, and we saw him here's the thing about the la galaxy um, and I sort of hinted at this and we can talk to talk about some of the audio that we have from Greg Vanny um, after the match where we got to talk to him a little bit. But the LA Galaxy are slow and deliberative with their buildups. And we saw that last year, um, but we saw it to an effect that that towards the second half of the year that it allowed teams to be prepared for them. They weren't very quick in terms of switching fields and doing stuff. The only time the Galaxy really looked dangerous was in transitions. And I think that they certainly have a more defensive set now um, with Mark Delgado in there and with Ravellison and, and Scott French asked about playing, you know, twin eights instead of a six, uh, you know, a defensive midfielder and a box to box midfielder. Um, and the fact that you have two eights, two boxes, two box to box guys who, who, who it basically that's a double pivot system, which we know can work and also not work. If it depends on how, who it is. Um, he really talks a whole bunch about Revelison and, and, and how he works. But for me, the Galaxy have been very controlling on the defensive end. And if we look at their stats, um, just in terms of, you know, goals for and goals against right now, the LA Galaxy have scored 15 goals and given up six, but four of those six were in the first game. So in the last four games, the LA Galaxy have given up two goals. This is a different look from the Galaxy. And I think that people who are expecting the Galaxy to sort of be a little more Certainly at the beginning of the first uh, of, of last year, Kevin, the Galaxy were very much an attacking team and, and throwing things forward and and really committing to uh, to the attack. They have the pieces to do that, but I feel like they are um, more cautious with going forward right now, especially in the preseason. And I don't know how that plays out whenever they actually have to start playing games for real, especially whenever you look at like New York City, who's coming in um, the, the, the the defending MLS Cup champs who are who are very good at, at controlling games. Well, uh you have a team with Chicharito. You got um, uh, Kevin Cabral, Grant Seer. Now you got uh, 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 Costa, and you're going to be a defensive team. 
I, I mean, know. I well, I mean, they, they Illich, yeah, but you need to be more defensive than they have been, right? We 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 realize that throwing everything forward allows teams to counterattack on the LA Galaxy, and that's not a recipe for success. And if you try to do that again, you're going to do the same thing that happened last year, which is you're going to score a lot of goals, but you're going to give up even more. Well, remember what what Danny talked about a lot last year was the buildup just started too deep. They were starting the buildup back deep in in their own end. And that means you have to complete more passes over a longer distance to get the ball in the attacking end. I think one of the things Vanny wants to do is start, probably start to build up a little bit higher. I don't know how that figures yes. into all this, but that was a problem last year. Well, so I asked him about that. I said, are you happy with sort of the transitions and the, you know, I know you want to be a possession-based team, but are you happy with the transitions? Are you happy with how you're getting out? And he said, yes, absolutely. He goes, but it's because we're able to to trap and and create turnovers higher up the field. He goes, you can't break out and do, um, you know, counterattacks whenever you're winning the ball in your final third, in your defensive final third, right? That's really hard to do. There's a lot of time for teams to get back. But in this game, uh, if you take away the Vasquez goal, um, which, by the way, the first goal was just uh, it's a weird one. And even whenever I watched the video and I was on the other side of the field, I'm not quite sure how the uh, how a New York Red Bulls keeper doesn't like come over. It was on a set piece. Uh, uh, they had Efrain Alvarez standing over it and they had Victor Vasquez standing over it. And Alvarez took a couple steps forward like he was going to cross it. And I guess that got the goalkeeper leaning in the wrong direction. And then Vasquez sort of just passed the ball in the back of the net. It went off the keeper's hand um, there at the near post. But it was way too easy um, in terms of that. By the way, video courtesy of the LA Galaxy. It's not mine. Um, I didn't shoot it. I was on the other side of the field talking about all this stuff. So yeah, it looks like they shot it from the surface of the moon. It's they're seriously they're standing off of boards that are five yards off the field with a phone. Like I don't far. I don't know what you're expecting, Mister. I can't figure out how to minimize the window in order to t- in order to talk stuff. I told you I'm waiting for this whole internet thing to blow over. It's just a fad. So anyway, so anyway, so um, so they got that. But outside of that, the only dangerous chances the Galaxy got were in transition. They did not build play. I thought particularly well. I thought New York and and listen, give credit to the Red Bulls who are very much a high pressure team. Right? They like to trap. Um, I have no idea who was playing for New York. New York wasn't wearing any numbers. Uh, they had no numbers on the backs of their shirts, so it was just whoever, these guys. They were giving out yellow cards, and I'm like, how do you even know who's getting the yellow card? The guy in the red shirt? Is that how it works? Um, and so uh, so they were able to attack. They didn't have a bunch of great chances, but New York probably had the better of the half chances in the first half. Um, and they scored one goal in the second half, which was a complete defensive breakdown, and it was shortly after they brought in Jalen Neal um in there and the defense looked a little uh, lopsided there for for a couple plays and and that was sort of the the way that New York scored. The Galaxy ended up putting three balls in the back of the net. Uh the third one was a probably one of the best plays that they had and Julian Araujo was of course there. Uh he made a pass into Chicha who sort of pulled off the near post and fired up into the upper right um upper V and they called Araujo offside. Um it was borderline certainly but it was the best sort of play that they had. Other than that though, the buildups all came off of counterattacks, quick turnovers, and they got even look at got, those hot pants. Look at those. Uh, this is Victor Vasquez who likes to roll up his uh, his shorts. Um, he also has socks that have holes in them, and I was told by one of our listeners that the socks with holes in them is actually uh, a common player cure. He looks like Larry Bird. There's there, you're you're focused way too much on the guy who just rolls up his shorts because it's 88 degrees on the field. Um, but apparently the sock, the holes in the socks, like in the back calf, air, calf area is actually to prevent cramps, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so yeah, so just a nice layoff by Victor Vasquez that found Chicha and a little left footed shot. They got in behind the New York defense. Vanny said afterwards, that's one of the things they needed to do more in this game was really to get going. Um, and try to play in back behind uh, a little bit more. Um, and then also the final video the Galaxy posted was of the offside goal. The best part was Chicharito complaining, kicking the boards um, whenever he was like, how can you call that offside? It was it was tight. I can understand why he was he was sort of there. But the Galaxy threw um, Araujo and I think Aguirre um, actually put, played Araujo through um, led to that goal, even though it was called offside. So um there's some things here that 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 were sort of interesting. Uh, Kevin Cabral came off with what looked like an injury at some point. We're not 100% sure. Um, and it was sort of iffy uh, in terms of whether or not he was actually injured. But he went off and he went off and they immediately subbed him. But it was right around the time they were subbing everybody too. Um, so we still have to sort of figure that out. Uh, Barry, who was the uh, who was the trialist, uh, got out there and apparently injured his collarbone or something like that. They don't know if he's, he's 100% okay or you know greg Benny was like i don't know we're gonna have to take a look at it sort of sort of see where it was um but overall i mean you look at this galaxy team and we can complain about 
you know, the the fact that I'm going to say that they're being deliberative in terms of their buildups, that they're not being quick, that they're not playing at a speed that I think is, you know, MLS level right now. But Vanny is very happy with the defensive work they're putting in. And it almost feels to me like he is he is positioning that defensive, uh, you know, strength with Revelison and with Delgado into those two places and saying, hey, let's go ahead and see. Um, you know, if we could be a good defensive team and then we know we're going to score goals. And that's sort of what Vanny was saying well, afterwards. Look at well. those substitutions. The second set where Grant Sear comes in for Vasquez. Is that indicating that Grant Sear is going to play a different role this year? I mean, he's he probably not starting if you have Douglas Costa coming in, right? I mean, right, but but then he, I mean, he he didn't more he didn't forward. He, he like didn't play in that morning. position. You have okay. to you have to understand they move stuff around, right? Because Sasha Kleshin came in as well, right? And so Sasha played where Victor was. Grand Seer came in. Julian Araujo came in for Leerdam. That was a like for like. Um, Grand Seer and Kleshin came in for Victor Vasquez and Revelison. Jorge Viafania came in for Raheem Edwards. So uh, Viafania getting some time as well, which is something we've sort of been waiting for. Still no Derek Williams though. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna find out where that was. I, I thought Kevin Cabral. They're asking in the chat room. I thought Kevin Cabral played very well. Um, he was involved in a lot of the buildups. He was absolutely one of the highest players up the field for most of the game. So whenever we talk about the strikers and their positioning, uh, Cabral was getting forward a lot more, and Chicha was sort of dropping back into a little bit of a hole underneath Cabral as he would go over over and over top of him. Um, so they were sort of stacked on the one one, but it was also, you know, a three man sort of attack as well with Vasquez playing almost on that other left hand side as the third attacker who would also drop in um, into places. And then you had Raheem Edwards, which was up and back on the left hand side a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was I think overall there was some good play. I think there was some some good movement. Um, I'm just interested to see what happens whenever this team actually gets challenged, because I don't think New York put up a very big fight in this whenever you look at it. Two more dress rehearsals, correct? That is it. Vancouver uh, and DC. Vancouver and DC, and then it is time for uh, for the for New York City to come in. And again, as we said at the top, just 13 days until kickoff against uh, New York City FC. So inside of two weeks, before the LA Galaxy will take on and and play in their home opener, they'll be one of the like you said. I think there's some Friday games, um, there's some Saturday games, and then the Galaxy will open on Sunday and on the West Coast. Um, so that usually means that puts them into one of the last teams to play their very first game. So. Um, and it's again, I mean, it's, it's a, a, a interesting matchup. I mean, it'd be the kind that you'd want on national TV, which it is. It's the defending champions against the team with the most titles. Yeah, it is. And, and New York City's out here. It's going to play its first CONCACAF Champions League game here at Bank, Bank of California Stadium. And right. then they're going to stay here. And then I, I guess they're, are they here now training? Um, I'm trying to remember where they were. They were they're they going to be here for a while. Were they they're one? Be here for, I was trying to think. Were they one of the ones that was training down in Mexico? But I don't think that they were. Um, but they they should be here relatively soon if they're not here already. There are teams that I can't believe teams actually went to Mexico with COVID, went out of the country. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta was down playing um, some Mexican teams in in Mexico. There was at least one team that I saw some some results of and and some different wow. things. So yeah. Um, so they were going down there and, and training and doing some stuff and then, um, coming back and, and, and doing that. But yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, they'll have a Wednesday game against Vancouver, which is a closed door scrimmage. I would imagine they're going to rotate some guys through who didn't get a whole bunch of minutes or the guys who are going to be starters on Saturday aren't going to play a whole bunch of minutes, um, in that, in that particular scrimmage. Um, cause I think Vanny is pushing towards that 90 minutes and I think he wants to see 90 minutes from the guys on, on Saturday against DC United. That seems to be uh, sort of where he is. He's, he's focusing all of his attention on things. Um, we sort of t showed you already the preseason record for Oh and one galaxy scored 15 goals, uh, the six goals against for the LA galaxy as well. And still two more uh, games to do. And if you look at our preseason goal scoring leaders, uh, Kevin Cabral with three Chicharito almost had three, uh, but he just had two. So he gets one in the game um, and adds there. Vasquez gets added to it. So uh, these are the guys you've had uh, score goals so far. You had Cabral score goals. You had Chicharita score goals. You had Jovalich. You had Mutatu. Um, you have uh, Vasquez, Ravelison, Dunbar, Alvarez, and Grand Sierra. I mean, it's a nice list of guys to score goals in terms of you're getting the guys who you want to be productive in when the season starts to score goals now in the preseason. So everybody's sort of feeling that and pressing forward. I would imagine the Galaxy will have, at least from what I'm seeing so far, I feel like the Galaxy are going to start well again this year. I just don't know if they sustain it once everything sort of picks up. And we don't know what this team looks like with Douglas Costa, um, which is sort of the, the next big thing. And Vanny talked a little bit about him 
coming on um, and and training with the guys and getting to know everybody and that type of thing. I'm not sure his his visa paperwork is cleared, and I don't know whether or not he can play in like an actual game until it gets cleared. Um, so we'll see. I I would hope that everything gets wrapped up by Saturday, but I would not be surprised if if he doesn't play on Saturday, which will have everybody nervous. By the way. Yeah, I mean, why why do it now? But it, the immigration paperwork, I'm I'm always con, not confused, but perplexed by that a little bit. I mean, we know that he wasn't announced until whatever time he was announced, like six weeks after everybody in the world knew. Why why wouldn't the galaxy working on that paperwork ahead of time? I mean, why weren't they start, starting to get things lined up? They know it takes a long time. It's not the first player that they brought in from another country. Yeah, I would imagine that you can't really start that paperwork until you have a formal job offer, though. And from what we've heard, that that contract was not approved by MLS until you know just recently, at the very at the very best, just recently. And yeah, so, because they do such a good job approving those contracts, like they did with Inter Miami last year. Yeah, I was going to say they they definitely pay attention, right? That's what they're supposed to. I mean, listen, they're they're supposed to to approve them in terms of what you tell them and what you tell them is supposed to be true. But whenever you decide to lie about it, I guess uh, you don't really have to worry about that. Um, on this one, it is, uh, it's, inter- I, I just don't know. I didn't, we didn't, I didn't see Douglas Costa there, but I was not on that side of the field to see him. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't notice him sort of there. Um, I, I noticed a lot of people. I've noticed the majority of the team. Carlos Harvey is still not here and training with the LA Galaxy. I would imagine that what this is going to come down to is the LA Galaxy are going to loan Carlos Harvey out to, to Toro FC again. Um, and that's who they bought him from last year. And now I think they're going to loan him down to them. I, I think it's team in Panama, if I remember correctly. Um, and so Carlos Harvey, I don't think is going to be on this team. He has not been there the whole person. I haven't seen one picture of him. He was not there whenever we looked. Um, and so there seems to be some indication that that uh, that Carlos Harvey won't be on this roster, um, at least in, in some part. They may loan him down or, or however that goes. Um, so uh, unbeaten so far. You feel an MLS Cup? No. No, not you. Not in preseason. You can't. You can't call that in preseason. I, I think they haven't lost. You can only beat the teams you play. They I haven't lost yet. I think they are better this year. But I thought they were going to be better this year if they stayed exactly the same, just because they understand sort of the the different themes that they were trying to to prove off. And and Greg sort of talked a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, it's it, you know all this comes down to now. How do you inter- integrate? a guy like Douglas Costa in there. Now everybody can say, See, well, that's the problem. They should just keep him on the sidelines when they're unbeaten. Why change <laughs> it up now? That's right. That's right. Um, let me give you some, uh, some Greg Vanny audio a little bit. So that way um, I can, I can drink my tea here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Vanny talking. Here's Vanny talking about the defense and, and if he thought it was coming around outside of the first game. Um, and this was my question to him. And uh, here's his answer. Yeah, I do. I feel like the continu- continuity of our group overall has has been better, which has helped make things a little bit easier for our center backs. But I think our center backs have also grown through ex- their experiences, and uh, which has been nice. Um, but yeah, I think as a group, we're just giving up less. Uh, that means at times too that we're better with the ball. I think we're less we're less loose with the ball than than at times last year. I think we were our own worst enemy sometimes. Uh, so we've been better from that capacity, but also I just think both our reactions and transition to to collapse and close spaces off so teams can't can't counter against us. And I think our collective movement defensively is something we really worked on and everybody's embraced because I think we all know if we defend well, we're going to be a very difficult team to, to beat and to handle on the attacking side. So uh, everyone's committed to that. So good steps so far and you know, hopefully we can continue to progress. Now, obviously, there's a lot of questions uh, still, Kevin, around, you know, transfers and, and other things like that. Um, it, it, it seems the more and more we ask Vanny, it seems the more and more he's sort of willing to hit the pause button. We know that there's sort of a we imagine there's a Max Tam player that they can bring in because they they got rid of Sebastian Legette. We, you know, they still haven't really replaced that with any salary. So we imagine there's sort of a Max Tam player that they can put in there um, and uh, and probably a low-grade TAM player in there as well. We imagine there's still two TAM players, and Vanny talked about bringing two TAM players in. Uh, when Scott asked him, you know, are you satisfied with what you have at center back? Do you feel, you know, there still needs to be a move before the season, or is that something you wait and see? Uh, Vanny had this to say, and then, Kevin, you and I should discuss this a little bit because I think Vanny, um, I think he's seesawing on this. I'm not sure there's a correct answer, so here's Greg's answer. Yeah, I don't know that we need to... Need to make a move, like a significant move or anything like that yet. If we have some space to make moves, we have our eye on a couple people. Um, 
not specifically some center back, some other positions, more a little bit on the defensive side of things. You know, we have a lot of options on the attacking side, so just building our depth out in that, whether it's defensive in the midfield or in the back line, we have obviously we're keeping and tracking some eye, but I don't think we're in a rush now to have to do anything specific. I think it's really about finding the right piece for us, and uh, that's a far cry from where we were this year, this time last year, and so. Um, yeah, I think our group has, has uh, shown that they deserve the opportunity to get this thing started and see where we're at. All right, there you go. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think there are two big needs to me. I mean, just looking at this roster, there's two obvious needs to me. One is they need more depth at center back or even a starting center back. I'm not sure the guys they have there, uh, you know, it give you a whole bunch of confidence. Maybe a guy like, I don't know, if they had a guy like a Dan Starris, for example. Um, um, so anyway, I think they need some help at center back and and – the midfield to me, they definitely need someone in the middle, whether it is kind of a Michael Bradley type guy, um, Jonah, what would Jonah, what Jonah was supposed to be that box to box guy, the quarterback, the guy who directs the offense. Um, they just, they need somebody like that. I mean, they have some talent in the midfield. Vasquez is good. Uh, Sasha is kind of the role I'm thinking of, but, but I don't think he can go 90 minutes, you know, two or three times a week. So they need a, uh, they need a cam and they, I think they need a center back. And again, it's down that spine. Everybody talks about you're only as, as, as strong as your spine and they got some weak vertebrae right now. I'm going to, I'm going to flip this a little bit. And I've been saying that they need a, a central attacking midfielder for forever. I agree with you on the center back. I think that they are still looking at center back options. Uh, if Derek Williams can't start and play and not be injured, Kevin, they're going to have a problem because I don't think they have the depth at center back right now to be able to do that. Um, and so if we're looking at that, eventually there needs to be somebody brought in to, to either be a starting center back with Williams or whenever Williams isn't in and you rely on, on Nick Depew. I'll tell you right now, as far as I'm concerned, I know Sega Koulibaly has been playing a lot. Uh, Scott French was actually really high on Sega in this game. Um, I saw a lot of little mistakes that caused some, some issues that I was, I, I wasn't pleased with. There was one, a ball literally got, uh, got sent to him. Uh, and as he was looking to pl- pass the ball out, it went right through his legs and New York tried to pounce on it, but John. Jonathan Bond ended up coming up and making a save for it. So that was one thing. Center back for sure. Um, I think they have a bigger problem right now at defensive midfielder in terms of depth. Uh, because well, before you get away from the center back thing for just one second, I was just thinking we were talking a little bit about like Jonathan Bond last year and how he was so great at the beginning of the season. And, and you know, I, I think maybe the more I think about it, when you talk about him sort of anticipating that Koulibaly might have a problem with that ball and being in position. I wonder how much that affects it too. Bond knowing that he needs to help his center backs out and then he winds up out of position because he's trying to play two positions at one time. So anyway, that that that's one of those things when you talk about getting some quality center backs and some center back depth, it makes your goalkeeper better in two ways. One is that the ball doesn't come to him that often. And when it does, he's in the position he's supposed to be in, not covering somebody else anyway go on i was gonna say the the other thing is defensive mid for me um and you can say what you want but you don't have depth there right now there is no depth at defensive mid revelison and delgado are playing right so if you're gonna go to saldana who has a broken ankle right now which by the way it's a big drop off between mark delgado and and ryan revelison in in terms of what they're trying to do um you know you have efrain alvarez who can play in that sort of central attacking midfield role but there is no depth at central defensive midfielder it's aguirre can possibly play there but again he's even more i think of a little bit more of an attacking player um than he is maybe on the defensive mid side they are thin there and i think that they could still use a star perhaps in one of those roles you're talking about a max tam player you, you need somebody who's going to produce and really make this team better. But then that also means moving Delgado also means moving Ravellison down to a bench player if that happens. So I think there's some and Vanny sort of hinted at it. He said, you know, obviously we're looking at guys at center back, not just center back, also in the center midfield or on the de- on the defensive side. So I think there's some things to sort of do. But when we're talking about Max Tam, we're talking about a starter, right? You don't Max Tam somebody who's not going to start unless it's like a super sub of a striker that you're going to go out and get for some reason right that's that's teams can do that you absolutely can do it uh josie altador uh just signed with new england revolution you think he's going to start every game he's not uh he's going to be a super sub more than anything on a max tam deal for the next i think three or four years um so that's sort of where that's sort of where i see i see that in, in terms of where vanny thinks they're going to go but i don't think they're making any moves right now is what i'm saying he says that this group deserves to see what to start the season out so i don't think anything's happening no. I agree with everything you said, and I think the central attacking midfielder is a key role. I, I agree with what you're saying about the defensive midfielder, especially if he's going to use Ravellison more as that sort of box-to-box guy. All of a sudden, he's not a defensive player. 
um, you know, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch uh, talk about all you want about uh, um, Vanny saying he's the guy that can bring the ball up. That, that, that's where I'm kind of really thinking that there's something lacking because we know the Galaxy start to build up very deep in their own in the, in the defensive end. They've got a long way to go. They need someone to bring the ball up. And Vanny's talked about Delgado can do that, but he's also talked about Leardam and Edwards bringing up on the on the wings. Here's the problem that, that I see, and Vanny's the coach. I'm not, so he knows. But when I think about, okay, a, a winger bringing the ball up, by definition, if he's playing in his position, he's close to the sidelines. He's not in the middle of the field. The defense can collapse on him. He only has one way to go. He has to pass the ball into the middle of the field. A guy coming up the middle of the field has many options. He can pass the ball backwards, forwards. He can pass it to two sides. A guy coming up the sidelines, you can you can use a couple of defenders and collapse him against the sidelines, and and all of a sudden he's out of options. So so relying on your wingers to bring the ball up, I think that's that's a strategy that not necessarily is going to work every time. Well, I mean, yes and no. The the big thing there is that to not allow those guys to hold the ball and run themselves in, into those traps, right? Um, and I think that they did a good job of this on on Sunday, which was to get the ball out to the wings, but also to play that ball interior. I mean, Victor Vasquez cuts inside really well. I thought all the wingers did a good job of exploiting space inside when it was given or just being straight on that outside um, and sort of stretching that field along that outside as well. The, if you have speed, it's harder to do that. I think the Galaxy have speed, certainly with Edwards on the left-hand side. There were very few times that I thought New York trapped him. Um, I thought that, I'm trying to think, was it was it Edwards or Grand Sure who took on two players or three players and dribbled right through them? It was one of those guys who made a great play, which is whenever they were trying to cut down exactly what you're saying, they were able to make a play, open up space, and then all of a sudden the LA Galaxy were on the break and on the counter. So yes, I agree with you. I will also say that Chicharito dropping into the middle is not the worst thing in the world. He still gets us. He still finds his way into the box whenever he does that. And whenever he comes back, he actually overloads the center of the, the park um, because the center backs aren't going to follow him into that deep space without being pulled completely out of position. And we saw that anytime they did try to sort of track him back, that you got runs from Cabral or you got runs from Vasquez or an overlapping run from Edwards that sort of opened up the space in behind. And so through balls were then there as well. So listen, it's evolving, right? And, and the bottom line is that you're right. If you're trying to bring it up one way all the time teams are going to figure out a way to to get away from that i just don't know if that's going to be the case i don't know the galaxy certainly played through the middle on sunday um and they had vasquez and they had delgado and they had revelison and they did well in those in those spaces um but it's just i feel that there's some real depth issues at center back i don't think you have a starting tandem of center backs that anybody's happy with right now and, and i think greg is going to let it roll um in this particular case but um, we're going to, we're going to see where that all sort of, sort of goes out. Um, and somebody's asking, doesn't Harvey sort of play the six? Yes. Harvey plays the six. Saldan, Saldana, um, also plays the six, um, on my depth chart, sort of in the, in that middle, I had Revelison, Harvey, Saldana, Delgado, Kleshton, sort of in that central midfielder, central defensive midfielder. But if you're looking for defensive midfielders, it's Revelison, Harvey, and Saldana. So what happens whenever Revelison is not there or he's away on international duty, um, the LA Galaxy have a problem in here and they either have to put Sasha Kleshin in with Victor Vasquez, which makes things a lot slow, uh, a lot slower in the middle, or they're going to have to find another player in here, um, whether it's Aguirre or Alvarez or, you know, even Johnny Perez trying to bring him up. There's there's a lot of things. Um, there you are with that three five two again. Yeah, I know. It, it just drives people crazy. It's my favorite thing to put post now. Oh, do you realize you only have 10 field players, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's OK. So so now that we've talked about what the galaxy look like are we going to talk about what they're going to look like well oh you mean in terms of uh in terms of their their attire wow very nice good transition for you yeah i've been dreaming about it how about you (laughs) la galaxy just before we got on the air uh put out a video where it says uh basically they started a video they started up sort of in some of those some of those details and it says what are you dreaming about and they say 215 which of course is tomorrow as we go the la galaxy expected and scheduled to announce and drop their primary kit this is the white kit we're pretty sure it doesn't have a sash. We're pretty sure we know exactly what it looks like because we've seen leaks of it. We know that there are quasars around the collar. We know that it is a fairly clean white look, and we're going to say clean in the nicest way possible. Um, and it has one star that's the wrong color, and there's no sash, but there is a Sasha. There's Sasha. Sasha Kleshin will probably be wearing one eventually, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, all the details are sort of there. It's just we're just missing um just the little details I, I i imagine i think the jock tag down on the bottom actually says um solo in la um i believe 
is is the is the is the correct translation of that, but basically only in LA. Um, and uh, they just have little details, so that's really all we're missing. Tomorrow that's supposed to drop, and then of course you can order uh, your stuff out there. I would I would like to point out, Kevin, that on our Discord, the 2020. Uh, version of the white kit, the silver sash, the 25th anniversary one was selling for like 25 or $26 uh, with an additional discount at the Adidas outlet store. And those are the authentics, not the replicas. So as always, if you're patient enough, you can always get any jersey you want. We got Night Navies last year, I think for like $15 whenever it all came out. Um, you know, the jersey that that uh, Costa wore that he bought in the big five down there in Brazil, that they should auction that off for charity. <laughs> <laughs> just have him have him bring it out. I saw the one I was talking about with 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 Costa is his uh in his press conference he wore the teal blue um galaxy polo and I said I yeah, said he got that uh, he got that from worldsoccershop.com. I'm sure he did. I asked the galaxy I'm like is that the new polo and they're like yeah that's the new polo. Um so there's like a, a sort of like teal bluish green that has like a white galaxy crest on it that's the the new polo. Um, on all that. So anyway, so we're expected to have that released tomorrow. I'm not sure when, um, but that's coming out. And uh, you can obviously, they'll tell you when you can pre-order it, when you can get it, all that fun stuff. Uh, and you should, I don't know. This is the thing though, Kevin, that always sort of like, we're, we're less than two weeks away from the, the home opener, right? So like, are people going to be able to get their jerseys in time for yeah, the home opener? Yeah, it doesn't opener? give you a time time to, to go out and buy the jersey. This is an MLS thing, by the way. I, you can't throw the galaxy under the bus on this. This MLS controls when everybody releases their kits. You saw. Wait, you telling me that MLS <laughs> yeah. messed up and wasn't organized? No, I, no, I think they no are way. organized. I think they're just not thinking it through. I think they... I think they have all these jerseys. I think they're ready. I think they're ready to ship right now. And as we saw, Charlotte announced their secondary kit uh, today, which is like a, sort of a black with a mint green. It looks, I think it looks fine. Again, it's a quote unquote clean look. Um, by the way, uh, Bear gave us a $20 super chat and said, happy Valentine's Day. So see, Kevin, somebody does love you. Um, <laughs> with that out. But it, it's another clean look. There's going to be a lot of quote unquote clean looks. You were talking, Kevin, you and I were talking about the the kits and you went and visited the Adidas factory and you said the guys who designed those are just like turning those. Yeah, they're, you're just you're just pumping them out. Yeah, the, the Adidas factory is outside uh, Nuremberg. It's a, kind of close to an old U.S. Uh, well, a World War II Luftwaffe base that was taken over by the U.S. Air Force. Um, so the, the, the name of the city is actually very hard to pronounce. They just call it Herzl base because there was an, an air force base there. But in any case, that's where Adidas and Puma both, uh, have their factories and their outlet stores and stuff. Yeah. It, it, there's a big Adidas campus. It's very similar to the Nike campus outside Portland, Oregon. Um, and there's a department there that does, um, you know, jerseys for teams all over the world. It's a big business and the MLS department, they're just, they're just pumping them out. It's like, okay, we got this one done tomorrow. We're going to start the next one. I don't know how much it's not their fault. I mean, there's only so many things you can do with a shirt. Well, well, tell tell the story because you and I were talking about I thought you gave a great analogy that like whenever you have to write five or six stories in a day, what do you do? Like if you have to just most of the time you don't have to write five or six stories in a day. Most of the time maybe it's one, two or three a day. You get to think about them, you have them planned out. But when you know that you have to write six stories in a day, what do you start doing? Well, like, okay, the last one I led with a, with a quote. So the next one's going to be an anecdote. And then, okay, the quote, an anecdote. Now I'm going to start with a simile or a metaphor. And it's just, it's not like this is the best way to approach the story. It's like, this is different from what I just did. Right. And I'm sure those Jersey designers are thinking the last Jersey had a sash. This one's going to have vertical stripes. And that one's going to have, you know, uh, different kind of stripes. This one's going to have um, three-dimensional numbers. And this one's going to have not three-dimensional, right. you know, just whatever. Yeah, and and there's also like there seem there are templates, right? There's a, an Adidas template that they sort of use for the year that sort of gives some base design issues um, to each one. And so the for this particular templates this year for the MLS kits are quote unquote minimalized and cleaned and you know streamlined. And so you're going to see a very again in quotation mark clean looking LA Galaxy jersey the the real thing for me will be you know will the details on it be enough to make it look like a kit i saw a leak kit i didn't bring it for the podcast i apologize I forgot um, but there's a leak kit that went out there and it showed the quasars on the collar and to me i look at that and say i think the quasars were too much on the collar i think having a a regular um blue collar might have played better and I was sort of talking about how whenever I design graphics for anything on the show or anything for the website or anything, anything I do, I am not very good. I, my wife and I joke that like I'm 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 really going to go somewhere once I graduate college and can take all my Canva skills uh, to the job market. Right. Like it's like I'm this 
amateur designer, uh, basically out of work them. Yeah, basically out of out of necessity. Please don't ever do that again. Um, <laughs> and out of necessity. And sometimes, like the only way I get to a final design is, well, I don't hate that that much. And then a lot of times, I'll print the design out. I'll hit the finish. I'm like, I got it. That's it. And I'll go and I'll put it. And I'm like. Oh no, that's too big. No, 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 the scale is off on that. Like, even though I was just looking at it completed, as soon as I had it in finished form, I was like, no. And I feel like the quasars are going to be too big. I think they're going to be distracting to the whole to the whole design. Speaking about just trying to make the jerseys different, that's kind of why I like. We talked about it last, maybe Thursday. Kind of why I like the the new LAFC jersey because the Adidas logo is in the center, which it's not over a breast, which is it, which is just different. Which again is not something that is that is a detail specific to LAFC, right? Because whenever whenever Adidas does a throwback, they put stuff in the middle of yeah. of the jersey, and so it's supposed to be a throwback. I think there was some LA Aztec stuff in there. Uh, yeah. I think I think the Galaxy fan that I like summed it up. And again, I understand who's who who this is coming from. Uh, I understand sort of looking at this and and where that's coming. But they said uh, they said the the LAFC the new LAFC kit, which has some Art Deco um, designs to it, or at least an attempt at Art Deco, look like a the floor of a like the sticky floor of a movie theater, um, which I thought was hysterical. That's a that's a good visual. Good job. So um, anyway, that's where uh, that's where it goes. Um, that's where we're sitting. The Galaxy expected to release that tomorrow, two fifteen. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's probably already out. So uh, and, and it looks like they do have sleeve sponsors again. Well, yeah, they, I think it's just. But if you look at the video. Are you ready for the video? If we looked at the video, we can see that there is an MLS patch on one sleeve and there is a honey patch on the other sleeve, not dual sponsors like it was last year, which had both the honey patch and the Herbalife patch um, on it. So they're going back to a single sleeve sponsor, which was always their 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 idea of what they were going to do with these. Anyway, it was just that during the pandemic, they were basically offering the second sleeve patch to um, Herbalife has a way to say, listen, we realize we didn't play that many games, and so we're giving you extra advertising space for free, basically to make you happy. Yeah, well, uh, you know, do you ever see some of the Mexican League jerseys? They look like NASCAR drivers. They got like a hundred sponsors logos on there. I mean, and that's, I, I, you know, it's sort of one of the things I know the NBA was always like freaking out about how many sponsors they were going to get on on jerseys whenever. And I think MLS is sort of following along in that, which is trying to limit the number of sponsors in, in some other areas. Yeah, I, I think they should. I mean, and maybe raise the price a little bit if you're worried about the money. But the more sponsors you put on there, the more cluttered it gets. And, and I think from a sponsor perspective, too, You'd rather have your logo competing with one or two people, not with 17. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. All right. Um, that basically does it. Uh, game coming up on Wednesday that I imagine will be closed door and you'll get limited updates. I will not be there for it. Um, I don't know. If any, I know. I don't know if any other reporters will be there for it. Um, we'll see. Uh, and then, of course, the gated game coming up on Saturday. That is a 3 p.m. kickoff uh, from Dignity Health Sports Park. That will stream on LAGalaxy.com. Um, we were told about that, so you can watch it. It will be geo-blocked, so no Giovanni Dos Santos. He can't watch it. Uh, it's supposed to be within 75 miles of the uh, of the stadium, but a lot of times that gets expanded into their normal cable watching coverage areas. So sometimes people in Las Vegas can watch it, people in Hawaii, and then you get weird weird ones where people are like, "I am literally 35 miles away and I can't watch it for whatever reason." I don't know. It's always always an interesting one. I always say, "Where's your internet service provider? Where do you think it actually is like coming? Where does it think that your internet service provider is?" Um, and maybe that's the the reason for it. So that's it, Kevin. Anything else that you want to sort of get to? No, I was just riding on your coattails this whole game. I didn't. I didn't go. I was watching another football game on Sunday. Yeah, Rams. Rams. Uh, you oh, know, was that the game I was watching? That was that was the game. Yeah, yeah. By the way, a very good Super Bowl game. Um, I enjoyed it. I watched it, uh, even though I have uh, a sick child at home and he would needed a bath in between it, and I had it in my ear so I could sort of pay attention to what it is. And apparently, the championship parade coming up on Wednesday as well. So if you're going, have fun with that. Should be interesting, um, you know, in and around downtown. So, uh, yeah. Hey, what do you know? Uh, NFL champions. Uh, a lot of people there. Uh, a, a relatively, I thought, good halftime show. All in all, uh, just you know, a, a fine winter day in Southern California at approximately 84, 85 degrees. And I think they said it was like the warmest Super Bowl on record in the, like the last 20 or 30 years or something it, like is that. Is that an indoor stadium or an outdoor stadium? I have still have not been there yet, but it's got yes. a roof, but it's outdoors. But yes. what is it? Yes. Exactly. Yes, it's okay. a covered it's a covered outdoor stadium is what it is. It has a dome over top, but the air can f- freely move in and out of that stadium. So it's not like it's inside. It just has a roof over top of it. 
a lot of people violating the uh, COVID restrictions there. Yeah. Well, I mean, so let's see. February 15th, we're actually supposed to see possibly, and may, not in L.A. County. Not in L.A. County. But in other areas. Um, Maybe where you live. Yeah, probably well, where I live. It's been Behind the orange curtain. Uh, so it is, we're supposed to see a lifting of, of some of the COVID restrictions uh, in terms of the mask, indoor mask mandates and stuff like that. I am telling you, again, I was out there. I saw it. That was one of the most normal days I've had in you know covering soccer and being around sort of people in a long time so i know it says a lot that now i have a cold but i got that cold from my kid who goes to daycare now so i imagine i'll be sick for the next two years um that sort of seems how it goes uh, little germ factories those those preschools and and everything are so hey we'll survive uh anything else we good we're yeah we're good we're good okay uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over to LATimes.com for all of his coverage. He covers soccer in Southern California and around the United States. LATimes.com for all that. Subscribe. Be a friend. Follow him at KBaxter11 on Twitter. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find our coverage of all events, all podcasts, all our videos, all that fun stuff is up there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, we will probably see you out there on Saturday. Another show coming up on Thursday. Uh, Pray that my voice holds together for Thursday and uh, we'll have another show for you. All right, for Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.